Welcome to Victory Church's online podcast library. We hope you enjoy this message today. And I'm gonna, we're going to get in a little bit about the, the heavenly ministry of Jesus in the book of Revelations and going to lay hands on people in a few minutes. But you know, I've been, um, I've been pondering this passage for maybe four, five, six weeks, these first five chapters in the book of Revelation. And the more I read it, I've, I am convinced that it's actually true. <laughs> It's, you know, one of the first things it says when you read the book of Revelation, that there's a blessing in it, just from reading it. So I, I started to come to the conclusion that the more I read it, the more blessed I'm going to get. And it's true. Now, if, if I seem a little bit unusual to you tonight, I, I'm uh, highly intoxicated right now. <laughs> and that's okay. Not, not the kind that that some of you are familiar with. This is a spiritual intoxication that comes from the presence of the Lord. The, the one, one of the, the benefits of spiritual intoxication is different from, you know, the natural kind, alcohol and, you know, pot and all that kind of stuff. But the, the, one of the main differences is that it's highly contagious. It's transferable. And, and you, you just get, a, you get around somebody long enough that's, that's practicing spiritual intoxication and it's going gonna, it's gonna to get on you. It's just, it's inevitable. It's, it's inevitable. So I have a feeling that some of you are, 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 are going to get a little bit more than you thought tonight. That's my prayer. And this intoxicating effect. It, it can last. It can, actually, if you have a good drink, it'll last for several days. You'll wake up and, and you still have the sense of it. You start reading your Bible, start praying, and you're right there. His presence will come right there back on you again. So we're talking about Revelation and, you know, talking about the heavenly high priest, this first verse, Revelations 1, um, 10 through 12. Um, I've been kind of stuck on, and I'm going to read it again just because there's a blessing in it. And um, you want to get, anyone want to get blessed tonight? You're going to, so here we go. Revelations 1, verse 10 through 12. This is John on the beach. Verse 9, I, John, your brother and fellow partaker in tribulation and kingdom and perseverance, which, which are in Jesus. I was on the island called Patmos because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. So he was arrested, put into exile, put on this desert isle, for, because of preaching the gospel. He says, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. I love that. I absolutely love it. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. Somebody say that with me. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. Maybe that's today. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and I heard behind me a loud voice. It was like the sound of a trumpet. And this is where it gets very unusual. The voice of Jesus sounded like a musical instrument. It was a trumpet saying in this trumpet voice of Jesus said, saying, write in a book what you see and send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus and to Smyrna and to Pergamum and Theatira and to Sardis and Philadelphia and Laodicea, the seven churches of Asia. Then I spoke, then I turned to see the voice that was speaking with me. I turned, I wanted to see who was speaking with the sound voice of a trumpet to me. 
And having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. These were lampstands that were pictures. It was a, a spiritual representation of a, a reality. These lampstands were represented the seven churches of Asia that John was overseer of these churches, and they're also representative of the body of Christ, the church of Jesus Christ in every generation up until today. So he saw this picture of Jesus walking in the midst of seven lampstands, Jesus walking in the midst of his church. Well, I've got good news for you. He still is. I've got even better news for you. He's here tonight. How do I know? Because I, I feel his presence. How is, that's how I know. So anyway, so it goes on to say, I saw, I saw these seven golden lampstands. In the middle of the lampstands, I saw one like a son of man. This was Jesus, obviously. This is Jesus. He said he, he was clothed in a robe reach, reaching to his feet. He began to describe he was d- dressed in the garb of an Old Testament priest, actually an Old Testament high priest. Actually, the Old Testament high priest was dressed in the garb of Jesus, is the truth. So he was clothed in a robe, reaching to his feet, girded across his chest with a golden sash. And his head and his hair were white like wool. The glory of God, the white head of Jesus. His hair was white like wool, like snow. And his eyes were like a flame of fire. I wonder what that looked like. Fire coming out of his eyes. His eyes were beautiful. They carried authority. They were gentle, but they were flames of fire coming out of his eyes. And his feet were like burnished bronze when it had been made to glow in a furnace. And his voice was like the sound of many waters. So it was like a trumpet, but it also sounded like the ocean at the same time. Unbelievable, his voice, the voice of the Lord. Have you ever heard the voice of the Lord? I mean, he's spoken to me. A, you know, he speaks in our, through the word of God to us, and he speaks in his still, small voice. But he's spoken to me really loudly a couple of times. Once that time when he woke me up when I was in the hospital, when he came into my hospital room, and he spoke to me. And his voice was the most unusual voice. It was a voice of authority and kindness at the same time. Incredible authority and strength and power and the, the kindest voice you've ever heard. It's just, it doesn't even make sense. Humility and authority at the same time. The lion and the lamb, right? And his, so he had, he, his, his voice was like the sound of many waters. In his right hand, he held seven stars. And out of his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword. And his face was like the sun shining in its strength. When I saw him, I fell at his feet like a dead man. And he placed his right hand on me, saying, Do not be afraid. I'm the first and the last and the living one. I was dead, and behold, I'm alive forevermore. And I have the keys of death and of hell. So that's, you know, this was the beginning of this this vision, you know. And he was um, seeing Jesus. Seeing Jesus in his present state. Jesus in his present state. Today, if you can only get a revelation of Jesus as he is today. Oh, it's, he's amazing. He is amazing. If you could catch a glimpse of who he is today, his authority and his power as he is today, it absolutely changes everything. It'll change your worlds. 
I'm going to give you a couple of, you know, so this, this, the present day ministry of Jesus, what he's doing right now, he is currently seated at the right hand of God where John was caught up into that throne room and he's seated there as my heavenly high priest. He's my mediator. Somebody say he's my mediator. Yeah, he is. So here's the, here's, I give you, I'm going to give you a couple of scriptures about this. This one is out of Hebrews, Hebrews 725. This is powerful. It says, therefore, he is able to save. He's able to save. This word save, it's the word sozo. It means to be made, to be made whole. It means to be made roomy, expansive, to be delivered, to be healed, to be saved from sin. It's a big, it's a big word in the Greek language. He's also able to save to the uttermost. This is, this is another beautiful word. Everyone say uttermost. Uttermost is the word panteles in the Greek New Testament, and it it means two things. It means to save totally and completely, not partially. It's an absolute, full-on salvation, salvation from whatever it is, whatever. Not only does he wash you from your sin, whatever sin you got yourself messed up in, but the consequences, the ramification of that sin, the bondage of that sin, the the addictions that came from that sin, the, the prison cell that came from that sin, the chains that were on your life because of that sin, all of that is broken by the power of the name of Jesus because he's able to save to the uttermost, totally and completely. Absolutely full on. No matter where you've been or what you've done, he is able to save to the uttermost. Somebody say uttermost. Oh, it's not a partial salvation. It's a full on salvation. I don't have to be an alcoholic. I don't have to be a heroin addict. I don't have, I don't have to be uh, an immoral person. I don't have to be a thief. I don't have to be addicted to the, my, my sins du jour, the things that I used to be bound to. You know, people will say, well, well, God made me that way. No, that's your fallen nature. He came to save you from that fallen nature. How was the fallen nature manifested in your life? Was it through addiction? Was it through immorality? Was it through thievery? Was it through pride? All of that is forgivable and all of that is changeable because he will save to the uttermost absolutely, completely. He's my heavenly high priest. I believe that. And the second thing that that word means, uttermost, it means permanence or eternally. Oh yeah. This is, a, this is a, an eternal thing that lasts you know, I, I, know for, I know for a fact that it lasts at least 51 years. <laughs> Actually, 50 and a half years. It'll be 51 in August. But 50 and a half years ago, I was saved to the uttermost. I mean, it was not a partial fix. It was a radical salvation that broke the power of sin and bondage, the chains from off of my life, washed my sin away, put a new hunger in my life, and saved me to the uttermost, and it's lasted through all these years. It hasn't got old, has not got boring, but Christ is more precious to me tonight than he was when it first started. Amen. Let's, let's, let's keep on going here. I want you, if you have your Bible, you can turn for a second here to, to Hebrews chapter 8. 
This is, um, we're connecting the dots with Revelations and Hebrews tonight. Thank you, Lord. Now, this is, this is powerful, Hebrews 8. Now, this is the main point. He's been going on for seven chapters about the heavenly ministry of Jesus, Paul, in the book of Hebrews. He gets to chapter 8, and he says, well, this is the main point. This is what I've been trying to say for seven chapters now. We have such a high priest who is seated at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens. I love that. And then he introduces a phrase. This is important. He introduces a phrase. He calls Jesus, our heavenly high priest, the minister of the sanctuary. Yeah. You know, the, the high priest, his, 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 the highlight, the high priest, the highlight of his year was once a year on the day of atonement. He was able to go in to the holiest of all. Once a year. He went in once a year, and he went in representing the nation of Israel. Jesus, as our heavenly high priest, has entered in once and forever, and he went in as my forerunner, and he stays there opening up access for me that I can come in, and I can make my life life behind the veil, not coming in now and, now and then, or depending on someone else that went in for me. But he's opened up a new and living way. He split the veil wide open. The veil was written too. He's the minister of the sanctuary. And he's calling us, come in. I've got a better way to live. You don't have to live on the outside. You don't have to live in the flesh. You don't have to live like everyone else is living. Come into the holiest of all. I've opened up a new and living way for you. This is, the, the, what, this is what Jesus came to do. Oh, it's more than eternal life. It's life right now. It's life in the presence of God. Is there something inside of you that's hungering for more? Oh, and you know on the inside there must be more than this little dab that I've tasted. There must be more of God available to me. Well, there is. Jesus said there was, and Paul said there was. He's opened up the way for us. So let me read this, the rest of this. He, the main point of these things we're saying is we have such a high priest who's seated at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens, the minister of the sanctuary, of the true tabernacle, which the Lord erected, and not man, for every priest is appointed to offer both sacrifices and gifts. Therefore, it's necessary that this one also have something to offer. Well, what did this one have to offer? Oh, he offered himself. He offered his own blood. That's what he offered. Though the priests in the Old Testament would bring the blood of animals. It would, never, it would never wash away our sin. It would only cover our sin temporarily. But Jesus came in offering his own blood once and for all. And put away sin. So that now I can come with boldness. Without a sense of shame. And come into his presence by the blood of Jesus. He's the minister of the sanctuary. He's opened up a new and living way for me. I can live my life different than the way I used to live. He saved me to the uttermost. And he's opened heaven for me that I can come in and live my life in the holiest of all with the glory of the Lord. Hallelujah. This is a new life, y'all. This is a brand new life. He's our heavenly intercessor. He, it says in Romans 8, 
What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who is against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how will he not also with him freely give us all things? Who will bring charges against God's elect? Who can bring a charge against God's elect? Well, who is God's elect? Who is God's elect? Is there anybody out there tonight? Somebody say, I am, I am. I am his choice. He set me apart from the foundations of the world. <laughs> Who can bring a charge against God's elect? Who can bring a charge? How can the devil bring a charge against God's elect? I've carried away your sin on the cross. There's no charge that'll stand against God's elect. God is the one who justifies. Who is the one who condemns? It's the devil. Christ Jesus is he who died, but rather was raised, who is of the right hand of God, who also intercedes for us. Oh, he's praying for me. He's not only praying for me, he sent the comforter who's praying for me inside of me. Jesus is praying up there for me, and the Holy Ghost is pouring on me from the Lord Jesus and praying inside of me, praying for me. How can I lose? <laughs> yeah, and how can my prayers? He also makes sure your prayers don't get answered. Jesus said it like this, on that day you'll not question me about anything. Truly, truly, I say to you, if you ask the Father for anything in my name, he will give it to you. Until now, you've asked for nothing in my name, asking you will receive so that your joy might be made full. He guarantees that my prayers are going to be answered. Hallelujah. Let's move on. We're, we're going to move right on through this. He's also called, in Hebrews 8, the minister of a new and better covenant. Oh, I you know, I love this. I, I think I was talking about this last week. In my house, I've got these two things in, my, in our main room, in our, in our main room in our house. There's this big picture of Paul falling off his horse on the road to Damascus, just getting blasted off his horse. And he's down there, and the glory's hitting him. And then I have, in front of that, I have this, this bronze statue of Moses coming off of the, the mount with the t t Ten Commandments, with the, the, the veil covering his face. And the glory hitting him, you know. And, and so it's like, to me, these are a picture of the, of the old covenant and the new covenant. You know, and so it says in, in Hebrews 8, now he's obtained, Jesus has obtained a more excellent ministry inasmuch he's also the mediator of better covenant, which he's established on better promises. Now, what is the, the basic superiority of the new covenant is this. All the old covenant could do, the Old Testament, is tell you you're a sinner. It exposed your sinfulness. It would say, you shouldn't do that, but you did it anyway. You know, you, there, there was the Ten Commandments. How many of you have never violated any of the Ten Commandments? Somewhere it got you. And that's the point. That's what it was for. It was a tutor. It was a schoolmaster. The whole point of the Old Testament is re to reveal our sinfulness. The whole point of the Old Testament was to point us to our need for a Savior. And so the, the Old Testament had these tables of stone, and they were in the Ark of the Covenant. That's where they kept them in the tabernacle of Moses. And it was a type and a shadow of the new covenant that was going to come. Because today, this new and better covenant, woo, 
Somebody, the new and better covenant, this, this law, this law has been written on the table of my heart. Not only have I been washed in the blood of Jesus, this word has been put in my heart. I have been born again. There's a new nature inside of me. If you're a Christian, there's a new nature inside of you. That new nature does not want to sin anymore. That new nature wants to read the Bible, wants to worship the Lord, wants to be involved in the things of God because you're not the person you used to be because we have a new and better covenant with our heavenly high priest. He's the mediator of this covenant. Oh yeah, when I come to him, I drink of him. Oh, and he transforms me from glory to glory. And he strengthens me in this, this heavenly new covenant. This new man that I am becomes stronger and stronger as I drink of the heavenly vintage. Ha, 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 ha. The more intoxicated I get, the more I've changed to be like Jesus. So we're going to finish with this, and then we're going to pray. This, this is my favorite this is my favorite, the heavenly ministry of Jesus. You know, you know you, if those of you that have been here for a while, you've heard me preach about John the Baptist. Jesus said that he was the greatest of the Old Testament prophets. He was the last and the greatest. You know, it's always kind of, until it, until it hit me, I, I thought that was kind of a strange thing for Jesus to say. John never wrote a book in the Bible, never performed any miracles that we know of. His ministry lasted maybe 18 months at the most, and then they cut his head off. Didn't last long. He shook a nation, but never wrote anything or left anything behind. But he had a revelation. He had a revelation of Jesus, more clear, more precise than anyone else ever had in the Old Testament. It was twofold. First thing he said was, behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world." He saw Jesus as the Savior. He saw him clearly. The Messiah would die for our sins. It was the greatest revelation. The others pointed to it and kind of had shadows and glimpses of it, but John saw it. John saw it. He said, behold. He, when Jesus came to be baptized, he said, that's him. Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. That's it. The greatest of the Old Testament prophets. And then he had the second thing he said about him. And this is the part the church today kind of misses a lot. He said this, he said, this is, he says, I baptize you with water for the remission of your sins, but this one will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. He is the heavenly baptizer. He came to baptize us with the Holy Spirit, and that is the fruit of his heavenly ministry. All he, all he does is our heavenly intercessor, it, it brings us into the presence of the Lord washed with his blood, opened up the veil, puts a new nature inside of us that hungers after God, and then begins to immerse us and immerse us and immerse us and immerse us in his mighty presence. Have you been baptized with the Holy Spirit lately? Oh, this is not a one-time thing. This is... This is over and over, saturation, saturation, saturation. Like we talked about this morning, he leads us from one degree of glory to the next. 
one degree of the glory to the next. There's an infinite ocean of the glory of God that we are being immersed into the edge of in this side before we step into heaven, which is that ocean of God's love, the Holy Ghost. So let's stand and worship. Visit our website at www.victorychurchnola.com for service times and more information. 